Oh, you're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode um, 224, brought to you by Emerald City Comic Con, C2E2, in stock trades, and iFanboy listeners like you. See you in a bit. <laughs> I'm so tired. iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast episode 224. And before I get started, you couldn't fix the script, guys? <laughs> what are you talking about, Josh? <laughs> Read it my as name, it's written. Read the script. My name is not Tom Caters. <laughs> you know what? This is, this is my goddamn show. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I've had a stressful couple of weeks, and all I see on the internet was, man, that guy is awesome. You should keep him. <laughs> He was awesome. Did you listen? I did listen. He was awesome. The show was really good. I was like, maybe I shouldn't go back. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Do I have to do the show anymore? No, you don't have to do anything, my friend. <laughs> as long as I can get a paycheck, I'm fine with that. I've been saying I killed my brother to myself all week. <laughs> it's so funny. You tweeted that to me, and I laughed out loud. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm back, if not in spirit than in body i I'm not rested I'm, not well I'm, rested. I'm a lot better than i was yesterday right. <laughs> it's a game of inches i'm here with ron richards hello and connor kilpatrick ifanboy.com oh wait well, i don't get to say hello what no I, i'm angry at you ifanboy.com right. is our website that we made because we really really love comics we can reread them every week we read a whole bunch of them then one of us has the job of picking the one that they like best we call that the pick of the week they write up a review about it on the website. Then we come talk about it on the podcast along with other books from the week and stuff, other kinds of stuff. Stay tuned during the show for details about iFanboy at Emerald City Comic Con. And before we get to the show, we just want to let you know that this is a review show, so we'll be talking about things that happen in the book. So if you haven't read them, they're going to be spoilers. Come back later after you do, perhaps. Or just caution to the wind, you know? Balls out. Um, wow. be- before I get to my pick uh, on the Emerald City Comic Con, normally we say stay tuned to the end of the show, but... Emerald City stuff is going to be during the show. So if you want to hear what we're doing in Seattle next weekend, listen to the whole show. It's going to come so make up. Make sure you listen to the middle. When you least expect the, it. A lot of you guys like to get bored in the middle. Ugh, let's just get to the outro. <laughs> uh, Ron, you had the pick this week. Go. I, I did have the pick of the week this week. And we've been very critical over the past year of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from Dark Horse Comics. Um, yes, at least a year. At least a year. Connor, you and I have been leading the charge uh, in this. Um, so much so. Well, it you, comes from pain because we used to, we used to love it so much. Yeah. Well, and, and so much so that you dropped it, right? You you gave up. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. You can admit it. <laughs> um, when Buffy the Vampire Slayer season eight started, Jesus, it's up to issue thirty three. So started well, like over two years ago. It was great. It was like, and and I wrote my review on iFanboy.com. I have I've had a rough go with Buffy. Like I tried to get into the TV show, I couldn't. And then I, I'm like, well, you know, I like the idea of doing the comics and read the comic, and that actually got me into the TV show. But then the comic started sucking, and it got me out of the TV show, and it's just up and down, up and down. Um, but we talked about Buffy number 32 that came out about a month ago with Brad Meltzer, and how it was just like, oh wow, it's really good again. Like it's it's I don't know what happened. 
And for those of you, well, I know what happened. Brad Meltzer wrote it, but um, uh, <laughs> for those of you Buffy fans and non-Buffy fans, you probably have heard of Buffy Gate and the whole Twilight reveal scandal that happened in January. And this was the issue that was, or December it was. This was the issue that the hubbub was over. Was that this was the this was the it's the second part of I think a five part arc that Brad Meltzer is writing that reveals the identity of Twilight, the villain of this of this entire season, and it was revealed to be Angel was the villain. Um, ah! And it was supposed to be this big, you know, classic comic book shocker. You didn't see it coming. You had no idea. I, I did. You did. Uh, yeah, IDW is doing an angel book, so how could he even be in this book? Right? Um, right. But for whatever reason, you know, and it sucks that it happened, but it got it got leaked, and and the wrong cover got published on CBR, and blah de blah de blah. De, blah. And it's just another example of this fascination I have with knowing what happens in our comics these days and knowing what happens in our stories. I firmly believe that the age of the true surprise twist is over. Like, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think we will ever be surprised by something that happens in a comic book for, uh, again. Um, well, totally not. Yeah. What if the Punisher shows up at the last page, though? <laughs> That's always awesome. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that never gets old. Yeah, but uh, and that actually uh, almost kind of happens in this issue. So the thing was, I knew what the reveal was, but I'm fascinated by the journey. I'm fascinated about how a writer and the artist get us there, and I think that's where that's what the enjoyment of comics and stories and even movies and TV stuff like has to be now. Is that you know you're, there's a good chance that there's a good chance that we're going to know how Lost ends before it ends, but I really want to know how they get there. You know, well, in this age of people watching stuff on DVD or or, yeah. or watching things on the DVR or watching. Later, time shifting everything. It's it's almost impossible to stay unspoiled, and you have to sort of accept that if you're gonna, yep. you know, if you're gonna choose to not go to the movie theater and, and watch a movie on DVD, you're gonna accept the fact that you might hear about this movie or or TV show. You just have to roll with it. If yep. That's what, the, what you can choose to do. Totally. And so so I'm totally just rolling with it, and I want to see what Meltzer was gonna do. And I, I, I again I wrote this in my review, and I don't know if it made sense when I wrote it because sometimes I don't do words right very well. And it was two in the morning. It was two in the morning because I saw Kick Ass, which was awesome. But anyway. Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a comic book has been uh, Buffy the Vampire stories told in comic book format, and this this arc with Meltzer has somehow turned it into a comic book that happens to feature the characters from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Does that make sense? Yes, I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. That the that the before it was more like a, an adaptation of a show, whereas now right. they've totally embraced the idea of this is a comic book and writing it like a comic book. Exactly, thing. and and also with Meltzer writing, like, and I also realized I was doing my review. I'm like, everything I've read from Meltzer has been really heavy you know was it identity crisis or his run on justice league even his stuff on green arrow was just like and with this he it feels like he's having fun like he's oh, yeah. he's got the voice of these characters down and the fun kind of oozes off every page and mostly highlighted by buffy and xander's kind of exchanges in the last issue and in this issue as they're discovering why buffy now seems to have superpowers and where's it coming from and they're trying to figure it out that's you know that happens in the first part of this book but then the majority of this book ties into the revelation of who twilight is and buffy confronting him and him revealing that that he's angel and them dealing with it and even knowing what what was going to happen I didn't see the end of this issue coming from a mile away. Like, and it tapped into everything that made Buffy special and everything that was fun about Buffy. And at the end of the issue, I was just like, wow, you know, like Meltzer's nailing it. He's just nailing this comic book and it's totally back. And I'm, I'm babbling to myself because I'm the only one reading it now and no one else is, can share with me this. But, Damn um, you, Richards. <laughs> Damn you. Damn you straight to hell. I had dropped this book. And then you raved about the last issue, and then you made this one the pick of the week, and I... Ugh. You picked them up? You got them? I, I read them. Oh, yes! Conversion. So am I right, or am I, am I off base? 
You were right. Ah, yes, the best words in the Tell your language. sister. <laughs> Tell your sister. You were you right. Were right. <laughs> ah. Uh, yeah, oh, this, these were fantastic. These, yeah. these were really, these were hearkening back to the glory days of Buffy, which was about two years. Year and a half ago, yeah. two years ago, two thousand seven. Yeah, um, I mean, this, this book was, was a top five book for me. We did that one of those barbecue shows. Where we had to pick our top five. Buffy was in it. Mine. Yeah. I used to love this book, and this was. You're right. So much fun. A breath and of I fresh laughed, air. A breath I laughed of fresh out air. loud a ton, in tons of spots, and it's yeah. hard to differentiate between two books because I read them, read them back to back today. In fact, so it's hard to differentiate. But there was so many, so many really funny scenes, yeah. and really inventive scenes. And I think what really helps. This was something we talked about a long time ago when Brian K. Vaughn wrote the Faith Arc. Yep. Was it's almost better to have a writer that's really removed from the, the universe. Well, and I think yeah. that's been the problem because the last couple of writers that have done the arcs that have been really bad have been have been both Joss, which is surprising, uh, Joss Whedon as well, but as well as his TV writers. Except for Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard really was really good. good but what's the who's, Dracula who's yeah. the woman who wrote it? Uh, I forget her name. Uh, Jane Espenson. Jane Espenson, yeah. who's she's a good writer, but this, it wasn't she there. Yeah, Galactica stuff. But yeah, she exactly. she wrote that whole horrible um, reality TV. Yeah, one shot. She, she she was one of the best. Just for whatever reason, that whole last year hasn't been working. But bringing in a guy who's not from the stable of TV writers really was an injection of energy and, and creativity into this. Yep. And you're right. The whole ending of this issue was, you know, you expect it to go one way and it goes a completely opposite way. And you're just like, yep. whoa, what's, what does that mean? And My only criticism of it was was the the thing that I, that I did love in it is that – and you probably read it from issue 32 and, and a little bit so here is that Meltzer's really playing up the comic book references and the geek kind of references in a good way, not, not in a bad way. But early in the book, there's a scene where Giles and, and Faith and this Andrew character are held captive by Twilight. And at some point, Andrew gets away and he attacks Twilight and you get you, you, Twilight turns around and Andrew's wearing Luke's helmet from Star Wars. He's got a Iron Man glove on. He's got a Punisher bulletproof uh, vest. He's got Captain America shield. He's got a Batman belt and he's got a Star Trek tricorder powering the, yeah. the Iron Man glove. And, yeah. he, and he says it's clobbering time. I don't know how that he got that stuff or why and it, they never went back to it, but it made me laugh. Well, because they're they're super nerdy, super geniuses who yep. built a t- the, the, you know in the last issue the Teen Titans death machine. So oh you right, think the, the, the Simonson have, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they probably have a whole room full of weapons based off of stuff they love. Yeah. Which it was just it was, was it was a hysterical. It's a great panel, and it like and and it was just it made me crack up. It was great. A licensing nightmare in that one. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how they did. What they got? I mean, it's blatant. It's the Punisher skull. It's Captain America shield. It's the Batman logo. It's crazy, but um. Comics. No one pays attention to that. Exactly, shit. but it was good. And and I don't. <laughs> well, want- this is a very obscure book. To be fair, I yeah, mean, true. Yeah. who's ever heard of Buffy the Vampire? Exactly, Slayer? it's but not popular for yeah. the millions of people who watch the TV show. But um, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, Meltzer has been great. But I, and and we talk about it every time we talk about Buffy. But but Jonty George Jonty owns this book as far as art. Yes, and he's he, done every issue. He's pretty much. There's been a couple of fill-ins and a couple of different artists here and there. But for the majority, but for the most part, I mean, yeah. 33. I wouldn't be surprised if he did 30 of the 33. The, arc, all- the arcs have been all him. Yeah, so. that's got to be really helpful, in, in, especially when you're switching uh, artists around like that. but It, it makes- really holds the universe together and the yeah. look, is, look is always consistent. The characters always yeah. look look like they should. It's never which jarring. I, which I think, and I don't know, but um, I just wanted to be able to say something. But it, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it makes it feel more like a TV season in yes, a way. Because exactly. Because it's consistent. The show always looks the same. Yeah. And and the thing is that I really think we, we, we see a lot of licensed comics from Dark Horses and IDW and Boom and stuff like that. I think Jonty is setting the standard for the visual look of a licensed comic where you're drawing characters of people that really exist in the world, and Without so making it look like you're, you've paused the DVD. Exactly, because it's creepy. It's 
it's creepy when when they when they're 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 drawn to look too much like them. You know, like you show me Buffy in the comic book, I'm like, yeah, that's Buffy, but I don't think it's Sarah Michelle Gellar. So, no, but it looks enough like her that you're never confused. Right. Exactly. And you can always you can pick out all the characters based enough like their their counterparts. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I only watched half the series, so a lot of the late late show characters, I don't really know who they yeah. are, but. Yeah. I, I assume they look as just as well as, as Xander and Buffy and, yeah. and Willow and Angel do and yeah. Giles. Oh. They do. But you're, no, you're absolutely right. John, John T is the MVP of this book. Yeah, he's great. He's great. So I love Buffy. It's fantastic. Back on, please. They could lock up Meltzer just to finish the run or something. I think that would be the best decision. So, Is it ending at 40? So it should be... Yeah, I right think it's ending at 40. Yeah, I think, I think Joss comes back and write the last one, which is fine if he wants to do that. So <laughs> I guess he gets he, to. He's allowed. Yeah. But yeah, Buffy Vampire Star is fantastic. Number thirty, so it's the second issue of this arc. I mean, if you dropped off, pick it back up. And I saw a lot of people in the comments saying that based off my review and our raving, they're going to go back and. Pick you know what? I would I would recommend they do that. Yeah, I, I did yeah. the same thing, and I was yeah. totally. You were totally right. Yeah. Vindication. Yes, for, yes, yes, yes. You know, this was a weird week. There wasn't for me a book that really jumped out of the stack and said, "Hey, pick me." There was yeah. a lot of stuff I enjoyed, but one I really enjoyed was a book that I thought totally buried the lead on the cover. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was Wolverine Weapon X number 11, which is a cover of Wolverine and Deathlock. And Deathlock is a character from the 90s. He was a... No, before the 90s. A, I mean, he was in the right, 90s. But he was, but he was yeah. really popular in the 90s. Nah, and, uh, I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> um, everyone I know read Deathlock books in the 90s, yeah. in the late 80s and early 90s. He was, uh, he was a futuristic bounty hunter, I guess, is who he is, or an assassin. I don't yeah. really know anything about Deathlock. But that's the cover. The inside, the story, is about Steve Rogers and Wolverine going on a pub crawl. Right, with with and, with Nightcrawler being the designated driver in the in the yeah, X-Jet. reconnecting yeah. after Steve came back from the dead. Yeah, and I was, you know, that's the lead. Yep, big that's time. What you should, that's what you need to have on your cover. And Ron Garney's drawing it. Ron Garney, it, it, it was beautiful. Captain America, yeah. and it was. I loved this issue. This was. I would have loved, and the B story was Deathlock hunting down people who will affect the future, but. I love the A story with with Cap and Wolverine trying not to be overly emotional, but these guys have known each other since World War II. The Deathlock stuff is laying the groundwork for this story arc. I mean, that's going to be the, the main. The, the end Deathlock says I have to kill Captain America, so right. obviously. Yeah. But I, I just loved the A story, which was which was great. Yeah, it, I mean, it was really good and to see some of the the interaction, the character interaction. I mean, again, Jason. I mean, I said it. We said it with the last issue. Wolverine Weapon X is the best Wolverine book being published by Marvel right now. And if you're not reading it, you're totally missing out. Because Jason Aaron is nailing the character moments and the conversations between them, and Steve, you know, thanking Wolverine for sticking with the Avengers while he was gone, and and Wolverine telling Steve about his girlfriend, and it was oh, it's just, it's it's great. I love my slow realization because I sort of blew past the title page, which has Captain America on it. And I'm yeah, like, that's weird. And then and then there's a the, you know he does a great job of revealing where they you know they're walking, we see their belt buckles, and I was like, why does that guy have a star in his belt buckle? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's Steve. Like that was. I just love this. I'm just, I'm so happy about Steve being back in the first place. I love the hangout issue. I love the yep. issue you get where they get to be themselves and reveal character. And well, that, and, that's what's great is that not only was it a hangout issue, but it wasn't like an in between one off. It's like no. it's part of the, it's the first story of this arc. So this is a great issue to jump on with. Yes. But what I love was I mean J- Jason Aaron. He's I mean the 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 the, the natural humor. And and just you know, kind of the brotherly kind of love between the guys just came out so strong, and it just like it's yep. you know, Jason. Aaron, I mean, I know you got. I'm I'm late to the game with Jason Aaron because I know you guys have been loving Scalped, and I don't read it and stuff right. like that. But he, re- I mean, Jason Aaron might be one of the best writers at Marvel right now. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Plus, the next issue, there's the cover is Bucky Cap and Wolverine fighting a bunch of Deathlocks. So yep. by Garney, this is, if, if you're into this, if you're into the whole Avenger story right now, I think you should jump on 
Wolverine next number 11 and, and go to town because it really fits in well with what's happening. It's really, it's really good. Totally. So we have a new segment in iFanboy. It's going to be uh, it's going to be the segment where we focus on uh, cannibalism. Um, and we, <laughs> we've got two we got two comics this week that we're going to be talking about cannibalism. I, I don't know what the other one is. Oh, you but, will. Uh, let's let's start. <laughs> and, oh, I think I think I do now. Let's uh, talk about Chew. This book, I saw people raving about it, you know, and like you just noticed people are really enjoying it. The rating on iFanboy is really, really high. And I read through it and I was like, oh, it's pretty good. It's fine. And then I just like it was one of those last pages where I laughed really hard and was like, well, that's great. I thought the ending really built it, the issue up. Like yeah. I, had, I thought the pacing of the cliffhanger getting bigger with every yeah. with every panel until you get the big panel cliffhanger was fantastic. It was so. it, like the last page, it was just you just did not see that. I don't want to ruin it for anybody because it's, you know, it actually is a comic book surprise in a way, not mm-hmm. not necessary, but just like a really like joke that you, <laughs> you just didn't see coming is really well drawn and it was it was really good. This arc has been fun and entertaining, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I've been enjoying it all that much. But I really enjoyed this issue, although well, the, the, there's something there's something about the like I almost feel like it's the it's the sophomore it's not the I don't want to say sophomore slump but I don't mm-hmm. feel I don't feel myself as excited about you and maybe because there was more there there did they take a month off or yes yeah so yeah. I think I think that might have they're to do taking something. a month off between arcs if they've already stated they're going to do that yeah every arc yeah so I mean maybe it was something where I just kind of like I it, it doesn't feel as vital and amazing as it did as it did in the first arc but that doesn't change the fact that this was a great issue and it was really good and the, the cliffhanger stuff at the end was cracking me up was yeah the, I, thought, I think was, Rob Guillory's art is is getting yeah. better yeah and it's oh, absolutely like, yeah he's it's really from a, yeah from a standpoint of, of storytelling but also just like his humor. Yep. Um, like the way that he's drawing faces and setting up visual jokes, I think works really, really well. One of the other things that just kept impressing me as I went through this was the uh, the ability that there's this like network of different kind of food psychic or you know superpower food ability people. Yep. Yep. Uh, so this one has the great Fatnieros, uh, who is a Cibolocutor. That was really really cool. I like that uh, that yeah. one. Uh, he he can't speak, so he communicates through his food. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's just just another really good idea, and it's like when you want to talk about what makes good comics, you know, it, it's those big stupid ideas. Yeah, uh, this is just another one. Um, really fun issue. Yeah. On the other side of the spectrum, uh, <laughs> uh, demo number two was fucked up. I uh, this this book made me nauseous. It was I, I really it did. I had I had to walk away for a while. It's demo number two up. from Brian Wood and Becky Clune, and this is their second issue where each issue is a different story. In, in told in one issue, and this in this issue, we meet a man who he um, he can't eat food. He can only eat people. Yep. He just can't eat food. Not his but fault. He, Not his. But he meets a girl, and yeah. he likes her, and he wants to go on a date with her. But the problem is, you can't go on a date and eat people because uh-huh. that tends to that tends to mean you're not going to get laid. Uh-huh. Uh, so he tries to he tries to suck it up and eat eat, eat chicken. So he just can't do it. He just can't do it. He just can't. Well, his problem was that he he when they went to a lobster place, a surf and turf place, and he ordered chicken, and I thought that was great. Where the because the girls like you ordered the chicken. What they got lobster? They go oh, you, you, they always you know like why'd you order the chicken? And he just like I like chicken because you know, <laughs> and I thought that was that was a very well written scene. <laughs> then we also find out that uh, he you know he gets he gets the, the flesh from people. He's like a he's a serial killer. It was so. very yeah very a very Dexter esque scene where he walks in and there's somebody on a t- on a gurney and he you know gives him an injection and then he he cuts him up and he stores him in this freezer and you know and he go and then the, the latter part of the book is him trying to get over it and saying you know I can't do this anymore and he gets rid of all his I guess meat 
And yes. um, so then, you know, so, but he's like, he's losing it because he's got to eat. He's hungry and he, and he just kind of bites his nail and then he kind of nibbles at his finger and then he's cutting chunks of himself out. That's what got this me. This book made me nauseous. Yes. It really did. Yeah. And I wanted to make it my pick of the week. But it, it was close. In terms of, it was close for me. In terms of reaction, like yep. in every book this week, this was the one that had, you know, it may have been a negative reaction, not towards the story, but just in terms of like I felt like I wanted to vomit, yeah. uh, which is a sign of a good story because yeah. that was probably the reaction they were going for. This was real close to my pick. Of the week. I mean, it was close. I mean, it was it was a disturbing. It would have been a disturbing pick, and I, I mean, and, and this was probably my second. This came up second for me, but you know, but but all in all, I'm I, with the second issue into this demo I, I, demo kind of run. I almost uh, appreciated this issue more than the first one because this was just I think better. This is better. Yeah, yeah, this was a. It was better. The back matter I felt was was more fleshed out. We got a ton of thumbnails and layouts and sketches and you know from from Becky Cloonan. And then uh, honestly, I love the the next. I can't with the next issue looks awesome like the, the next issue we just got a yes it a, does a, yeah five pa- uh, or a five page preview of the next issue and like i can't wait to get it it looks great i so. don't normally read those but i caught i found myself yeah. just being drawn right into that's it. a lot of pages yeah no, it was full it was a chock yeah. full of it was, yeah. there's like a quarter of the next book yeah yeah totally you want more kid come back yeah <laughs> so yeah no, um, great job on demo though this was an interesting week justice league cry for justice number seven came out finally the conclusion to James Robinson's miniseries that was supposed to start the new Justice League, which already started. How'd this, how'd this end up for you? Well, well uh, uh, there's a couple of different <laughs> levels going on here that surprised me with this book. <laughs> right, Connor? Uh, I want to hear what you, what you think. Well, well, first off, before I talk about what happened in it, I did not see the art coming. Yeah. Like, it, basically, I guess Samorio Cassioli did, like, a page, maybe? And the rest of it seems to have been done by Scott Clark and Ibrahim Robertson. Does it look like it looks? It hurt it a lot. Scott Clark. Wow! It looked like Scott Clark drawing typical Scott Clark kind of Wildstorm esque, but like it being colored and textured like it was Mario Cassioli's painting. Yeah, like it, it was, was just like a whimper to the finish line. There's that one page where. Um, green where uh, basically so so in the story a lot of fucked up shit happens um, involving it's a theme yeah apparently and and the main thing is that um, what's his name Prometheus or whatever he levels Star City Star City gets destroyed and in the destruction of Star City Arsenal's daughter Zahn or whatever is um or whatever is Leanne, she, yeah, whatever, Leanne, she dies. Red Arrow? Is he Red yeah. Arrow? Yeah, Red Arrow, yeah. yeah. Okay, so they killed off Red Arrow's daughter. The page where that happened is probably one of the worst pages of comics I've ever seen. You can't, you can't kill a character's daughter like that because then that character becomes useless. Yeah. Well, um, I, don't, I don't think that's true at all. Well, sort of, but yeah. it, it makes him into a certain kind of character. You know, like it makes him mopey, which is what they, you know, to fix uh, Spider-Man or something like that. Like all of a sudden you got this... Super sad character. I don't know. That's not how I think of what Red Arrow is. Right. Well, but, but, he's already had lots of problems. I mean, he's, he's certainly a character you, you can go in that direction. Yeah. Well, like also, also, yeah, no but, one cares about him. No, but but the thing is, I'm not. I'm less. I'm less worried. Yeah, right. Nobody cares. But I'm less worried about killing the daughter. That's fine. Kill the daughter. But the page, Green Arrow's got his back to us as the reader, and you just see her legs and her hand, and you don't see Green Arrow's reaction at all. And Black Canary has her head in her her face in her hand. Like in the most st- like stiff non-reaction reaction I've ever seen. Like, it, it, like it, the art was the, the art was problematic. Yeah, let's let's be let's be diplomatic. <laughs> yeah, say the art yeah. Was problematic. Exactly. A lot of people were mad about this. I wasn't mad. It's a way to change the the whole dynamic. There's a risk you take when you start making everyone a family man. 
Yep. In, in that you have the Wally West syndrome is that they get sort of shunted to the side because they have a family now. Yep. And that's sort of what happened to Red Arrow as well. So now they have a way to sort of give him more interesting story. And, and it's it's really going to – I mean, Red Arrow doesn't know what's happened because he's in the hospital because his arm got ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> um, That'll also is, get him. <laughs> right now, this is affecting Green Arrow because at the end, yeah. this issue takes place before and after Blackest Night. <laughs> uh, it um, – the events of the issue take place before Blackest Night, and then we jump to the future after Blackest Night, and, and Green Arrow tracks down Prometheus and puts an arrow through his head. Yep. He sort of sticks him to the wall with an arrow through Jesus. the forehead. And just says, justice. <laughs> and I liked that a lot. Yes, I, I did. did. But I loved that. Obviously, I was raised on Mike Grell's hardcore, vertigo-esque Green Arrow, so whenever he takes the law into his own hands and does it with a vengeance, I've always liked that. I think he's too soft most of the well, time. Well, Green Arrow's not Batman. It's funny that yeah. I think comic readers ascribe the Batman's ethos of doesn't kill and doesn't use guns yep. to all superheroes. And that's yeah. not the case. It's the same thing that happened to Captain America. Captain America doesn't use a gun. He does. Yeah. You know, Steve Rogers hasn't used one in a while. Yeah. But yeah, I think Green Arrow could get pissed off enough. Also, he's had a lot of shit going on for a while and he needed to let out some steam. Yeah. Well, his whole city got destroyed and then his granddaughter or, yeah. you know, unofficial granddaughter was, was killed in the, in, the, in the destruction. So, yeah. Putting an arrow through the guy's head to cause it, I think, is sort of justifiable. Yeah. Also, um, Prometheus was a dick. I mean, yes. do you yes. remember that arc of JLA? Yes. Come yes. on. Yeah. So this is all leading to the big Green Arrow storyline that's going to run through his book. Which, and, and I think a side miniseries, which is the, like the fall of Green Arrow, where I think, I think people are not going to take the murder very well in the Justice League. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's going to be but, like uh, an identity crisis all over. It was very interesting. I, I, I liked it a lot. I think I, I didn't get mad like people did. I yeah, thought I th- it was a I good thought, place to take the character. Yeah, I thought, this, I thought the story was interesting. I was fine with the stuff that happened. I thought it was extreme, and sometimes you got to go to extremes, and that's fine. I was just completely befuddled by the art. I just can't believe it. Oh, the art, the art definitely hurt. That's it. unfortunate. Yeah. Story-wise, I thought it was a really interesting place to go. And sometimes you have to take your characters to dark, interesting places to sort of reinvent them. And I think a lot of characters need that, and Red Arrow is certainly one of them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And what could you tell me about Red Arrow besides the fact that he had a lot of sex with Vixen? Right. Not Vixen, Hawk Girl. Hawk Girl, yeah. Yeah, he was. Oh, Junkie was in the 70s. I'm talking about, like, in the last couple of years. What has well, he done? Yeah, not nothing. really. Yeah, nothing. In the 70s. Well, Chessar, he, he, ch- he had the baby with Chessar. He had the, his daughter with a villain. Right, but that that's, yeah. that was a while ago. That was a while oh, yeah, that was ago. the nineties. Yeah, Arsenal. Yeah. So earlier this week or last week, uh, the iFanboy Don't Miss book for the week was Girl Girl Comics number one from Marvel, which is the first issue of their uh, anthology, completely created by women. So what did you guys think of it? Except for the publishing and the- yeah, except for except for Alan Fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had the same reaction I had to to Strange Tales, which is basically it was it's a you know it's an interesting anthology. There's some stories that work better than others, yeah. and if anything, it's a, it's a nice way to. Suppose you to creators you might normally see, exactly. you might not normally see. Some stories were good, some some were alright, but for the most part, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I did too. I thought I thought they did a great job, and I and, and as much as I like Strange Tales, I'm enjoying this as well, and I can't wait for the next issue. The Punisher story was really good. Punisher, Punisher story, story was, was really good. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, it was the only thing I really liked about it because yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't really bought this. Not because it was girls, just because it's not the kind of comic I like. Girls are icky. It's one of those things. Like I'm like, I don't want to say I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm a sexist, right? Yeah, we're totally we're totally backed into a corner of this one. We have to like it. No, I, I, thought <laughs> the, I thought the Nightcrawler story was thin. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I, I didn't, didn't get I didn't, it. It was not a good way to start the, the issue off. I thought it was off on the wrong foot. No, the Punisher one was actually really, really good. I remember thinking that it was subtle. Like in that first panel, you're like, "What is?" I thought they were making fun of him. Yeah, yeah. He thought it was like a joke, like he goes and chats on on the internet to let off steam or whatever, and then you realized, oh no, this is like NBC but way better. 
<laughs> so. I like the Franklin for Fantasy Tale, and I like the Doctor Octopus short. I mean, there was there was some good ones in there. I thought the X Men one at the end wasn't too wasn't as strong. So I mean, it was up and down. I'm like, just yeah, things that will resonate with you resonate will resonate with others and or not resonate. And so yeah, I mean, that's what an anthology is. You don't love everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just glad that this comic finally uh, achieved equality in comics. Oh, so <laughs> the gender issue is taken care of. Now we can move on to better things. Stop. Well, if anything, this, this pointed out the lack of women in major yeah. comics. Yeah. yeah. That's makes yeah. you, makes you, but what was interesting, I mean, when I was talking to Janine, the editor in the, in the don't miss interview, I mean, she's saying the, the list of people to work on it was bigger than what they could contain in it. So there are women in the industry that are working on it. And so they are working. Well, a lot with, of the people that are yeah. indie. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, up, and, up and I, I love that they branch out the web comics and a lot of indie stuff. And, and, you know, a lot of the creators on here, you might not have heard of, and hopefully they get more mainstream work and cause they do good stuff. So I'm, I'm really, I'm waiting for Alison Bechtel's Karnak comic. <laughs> that's the one, that's the one I've been really waiting for. <laughs> You know, Karnak could never be completely honest with his parents about his sexuality. Did you know that? That's his one true weakness. Oh, wow. That was awesome. All right. So we, we teased it earlier in the show, but the first convention of 2010 is coming. It's the Emerald City Comic Con Seattle. It's this this weekend. Oh, my God. This upcoming weekend, March 13th what? and 14th. I know. Insane. Oh, fuck. And uh, Connor and I will be there. Confirm. Have fun. Yeah. So uh, along with all the great dealers and exhibitors and stuff like that, and you, if you're in the Seattle area and you want to buy back issues or buy statues, stuff like that, Emerald City is a great show to go to uh, for all those, you know, all those, uh, all the booths and, and on the con floor. But they've got a ton of great creators that are going to be there. Uh, you got Brian Azzarello, you got Mike Allred, Ed Brubaker, Joe Casey, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, Jeff Johns, Alex Malieve, Terry Moore, Joe Casada, Rick Remender, R- Greg Rucka, Chris Somney, and that's just a sample of all the people that are going to be there. So if you want to get sketches, you want to get books signed, Emerald City is a great show to go to. So if you haven't made plans, make your plans. Get to Seattle this weekend. And they're also going to have a ton of really cool media guests uh, like Leonard Nimoy, Will Wheaton. Get them together. A little Star Trek picture going on. Felicia Day from the Guild. That's your sort of thing. And the godfather of all comics, Stanley, will be there. Now Now's your chance to meet Stanley. So um, <laughs> all comics, really? All comics, a modern. All com- comics, well, modern comics. They were a little bit. There was a few decades before Stanley came on. True, but he, he. It's safe to say he's the Godfather. He of worked at Timely from 1940. Yeah. yeah, and he wrote a lot of the letter columns back yeah. then. Yeah. So. <laughs> Godfather letter column, we can call him that. Anyway, so go to emeraldcitycomiccon.com. That's emeraldcitycomiccon.com. Uh, you see all the list of guests as well as you can get advanced tickets. I'm pretty sure you can still get advanced tickets. If not, you can find out directions how to get the convention center. Uh, it's this weekend, March 13th and 14th. You don't want to miss it. And we're excited to announce what iFanboy will be doing there at Emerald City Comic Con. Connor and I will be there. We're going to be doing a drinking. Pack. We're going to be drinking, that's for sure. But um, we're going to be there roaming the floor. We're going to be shooting some videos. And stuff like that. Please, if you see us, stop and say hello. We, we can't wait not to see you. Um, not while we're shooting, yes. Please let us do our jobs. But if you want to come see us, if you want a time where you can come see us, you can come to our panel. We're excited to announce that we're going to be doing a panel on Sunday at 1 p.m. in Ballroom 6E. This is a little late kind of planning, so we're not actually in the program guide, but we will be there. Ballroom 6E, 1 p.m. It's a huge room, so... <laughs> So, oh, so um, bring your friends, maybe. Uh, let's represent iFanboy in style, and we're gonna have some of the um, some folks from Graphically, our, um, our new uh, 
our new corporate parents. <laughs> <laughs> the overlords. No, our buddy, our, our buddy John from Graphically is going to be there, and there's going to be some cool Graphically swag, and we'll have some info about Graphically if you're curious about it, if you want to check it out. Um, so spread the word. If you go to Emerald City Comic Con, please come to the panel Sunday at 1 o'clock. Please tell your friends. Please bring people. Um, we can't wait to see you there. Um, follow us on Twitter at ifa- uh, twitter.com slash ifanboy to see where we're at through the con, stuff like that, if you want to meet up with us. But we're definitely 1 o'clock Sunday is your chance to see us at the con. Guys, so. guys. Take me with you. <laughs> it's really hard here. <laughs> anyway, you get more sleep in Seattle. Yeah, true. Not really. So, um, it's, having a baby is a lot like being at San Diego, like constantly. Oh, jeez. Anyway, so speaking of hard, uh, first wave number one came out. Brian Azzarello, Rags Morales, Doc Savage, the Spirit. I'm curious what that means? Yeah, I, I want to go ahead and explain that. Well, it's hard boiled. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, it's a little pulpy more than hard boiled. Pulpy. All right. Fine. I was I was making uh, trying the segue. Give me a break. I thought you just really liked it. Anyway, I, <laughs> I got the hard cover. Really, it's one issue. <laughs> what did you guys think? Or did you guys check? I it really out liked or? it. Yeah, you I liked, liked it a lot. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was very nice looking. Yeah. Um, uh, Rags Morales looked great. The art looked great. It was really. Yeah. Cool. I, I didn't find myself terribly interested in the story. I don't. I maybe this is like fanboy sacrilege but i don't really know anything about doc savage so oh, I, I, I don't either like, i'm right there with you so don't worry and i so i felt like there wasn't there was some explanation about the spirit definitely but for doc savage like you're just kind of left to be like all right i guess i'll just sort of figure out who it is it was good I it thought was, that was enough to, to pick up on who i mean i don't know he's yeah a, you know he's a very famous pulp character from the 30s and he's been around forever and i don't i haven't seen a lot of stuff that he's been in but i thought there was enough information to latch onto him and i thought the spirit stuff was really it was really nice to be with the spirit again yeah did you like the portrayal of batman I'll let you know next month. Yeah, because he's on the cover, I, but not in the issue. I was positive that I was going to get to the last page and he was going to be there. That's yeah. I, I thought was, that too. I really yeah, did. Yeah. I was I was like pleasantly surprised that he wasn't. Yeah, expectations subverted. Yeah, it was very really nice. I thought that one of the things that I thought was really cool about it was that it didn't feel like like a Brian Azzarello book. Yes, meaning it was much more it was a, a much more clear cut than than usual, and yeah. I think the art helped a lot. Yeah, um, I it was a great package. It was a, it was a good start to this whole like kind of new mini universe that these buildings. I like it. Yep. So back in the cha- back in the category of fucked up, uh, the sword number two by the Luna Brothers from Image. Big fight that involved the main character getting her uterus ripped out. Yikes! It was just like I literally read it. I was just like, really? You did that? <laughs> you went there? Like, is that okay? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it was oh, it was hardcore and like oh, it was it was oh. one of the Luna Brothers had a bad breakup. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or they really have mom issues. Yeah. Oh, but it, I just thought of Anchorman. I'm gonna punch you in your ovary. I mean, like that's what that's what happened. Oh Jesus, uh, oh. that bitch! Yeah, I'll show yeah. her. So uh, Ultimate Comics New Ultimates number one. I, I, I fucking Lobe got me again. I love this. You, I hated it. I hated oh, this. I loved it. Oh, I thought it was awful. I was, I was like, you know, he did pretty good on that, on that, on that Ultimate X one. Maybe this is pretty good. Frank Cho's art was great in this, but I hated the story and the, the, the Tony Stark giving Carol Danvers the finger obscured by her face was just lame. And I don't know. I just, I just didn't like it. I really liked it a lot. I like, I like how the books are. They're very different. The Ultimate books don't really seem to. Be in the same world no matter what book it is, and that's all right with me. I like yeah. that they're all sort of on their own, on their own, and you don't have to worry about it. And we're gonna talk about the um, other Avengers. I, I like- we're, we're gonna talk about the other Avengers book in a, in a moment, yeah. but um, but yeah, this is it, 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 I don't know. I just I just this was just typical Loeb that I just didn't you know and you know Hawkeye complaining about his family being dead again. Like it just I feel like there hasn't been any growth from Loeb with the Ultimates at all. But you liked it, so that's fine. I didn't really read the third one, so to me it wasn't oh. repetitive. Oh, okay, well there you go. Yeah. Right. So, did either of you guys happen to check out Stephen King's N number one? Nope. No. 
Yeah. All Alex Maleev art book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought you'd like, but apparently that didn't matter at all. <laughs> hey, guys, I've got pizza. Oh, we already ate. Oh, fuck it. No, uh, but, but it isn't a stand book either. It's just they took a Stephen King story. Yeah. And it's being adapted by Mark Guggenheim. Like, what is the story? I don't know. Small town in Maine. Weird shit happens. <laughs> Oh really? Oh, yeah. what, a, what a change! <laughs> I know, but uh, but it was an all it was an all Alex Malib book, and it was really good looking. And it was, and it was just, you know it was a Stephen King story. If you like those kind of things, it's, good. it's not a stand book. But that was really the thing that I was like, I felt like they should have like put that across the top. This has nothing. Yeah, to do Yeah, because with when it. I saw his name, I just glossed right past it. Right. I, yeah. I just assume it's another stand book. Yeah. No, no, it stood on its own. So there's just so, nothing that interests me about Stephen King. I mean, I know why. I, I like I like his novels quite a bit. Yeah, so go back and look at this one. But it definitely I, feels like that. Mark Guggenheim was the one who adapted. It. And you know, again, it, it's, it's if you're not loving Spider Woman, yeah, maybe over here. Kevin Smith's Green Hornet number one came out, and I did not buy it because I'm done with Kevin Smith. I know, I was really curious. It's from Dynamite, and much like Doc Savage, I don't know anything about Green Hornet, so there's no nostalgia factor to enjoy. I don't know if this is a reboot. I don't know if this is different. But did <laughs> Phil Phil Hester do the art? He did the breakdowns. Oh, okay. Uh, the art fire. was fairly standard. Was it Walt Simon, uh, Walt, Walt, uh, Walt Flanagan again, or no? If it was Walt Simonson, that I would be great. That yeah, that would be I would have bought that too. Would it, no, it was yeah. somebody else. I don't know. You bought it anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I read it for the hell of it. Um, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't that it was like bad. It's just like I, I you know, my my twenty three year old self would be rebelling, but Kevin Smith's not good. Like he's only got a couple of tricks in his well, and and that's all. And then cop out tanks at the box office is all I'm saying. Oh, okay. It turns Ouch. out the whole that, though, you know. It turns out the whole Southwest thing was actually a promotion for this book, and it just missed. <laughs> it missed its target. It just, oh, entirely. <laughs> no one mentioned Green Hornet one at all, and everyone at Dynamite's like, "This should be gold." What's, what's going on? Just say Green Hornet. Oh, geez. There were fifteen cover sets for it. Oh, yeah, Dynamite. I bet John Cassidy did one. <laughs> all, he did. All I know from Green Hornet is when they showed up in Batman and Bruce Lee had to fight Burt Ward and Burt Ward was too scared to actually spar with him in the scene. Nice. Because <laughs> Burt Ward's an actor <laughs> and Burt Lee's a kid. Well, no, Burt Bar- Bar- Ward was a black belt, but it's still Bruce Lee. Yeah, jeez. He, if you watch the black- scene, he's flapping his wings like a chicken. They were oh, making a call on Chicken Boy. Nice. He was a black belt. Huh. Wow, who knew that? So those are the books that came out this week. Go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics. You can see all the books that came out, and you can do your pull list, and you can rate and review them. And we want to highlight some reviews from the iFanbase. And our first one comes from Fraggle Uprising, who reviewed Detective Comics number 862 and gave the story a 2 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. And at the time of this recording, 2.9% of the iFanbase made it their pick of the week. And Fraggle Uprising explains himself with this. I feel like Detective Comics is starting to lag a little. The current Batwoman story doesn't feel nearly as vibrant as what came before. I almost feel like Ruck is holding back, waiting for the Batwoman standalone book. This is not to say that the Batwoman feature is bad, just that it's not as excellent like the first couple of arcs were. I, I, I have something to say to Fraggle Uprising. You are the one who is wrong. <laughs> there it is. I've said it. I got to be honest. I didn't feel it as much as this, this issue. This issue wasn't as good. It was, I, I, I thought I, the I, art wasn't as good, and it, art I, felt really rushed. And yeah, I, I, I think that there were a couple of pages in here that I was, I was continually impressed with sort of the layouts of the pages and some of the the parallel storytelling that was happening in this one. I, I really, liked the art. I didn't have a problem with the art. I thought the story-wise, it was very much a middle. The, middle yeah, the yeah. page where Batman falls out of the back of the ambulance and then she's thrown out the back of a truck and and then he's sitting on the ground as the truck drives away and then she is too. Like, it's back and forth. I thought they were much more consistent with the coloring in this one so you could tell when what was happening when. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they took a, took a little bit of a, a cue from the last one confusing some people and they... 
made this one clear like what was happening when like all the yeah. all the pages with Batwoman are a little are, too much though I don't know I, I, oh, I, I didn't mind it yeah. I didn't mind it yeah. uh, this I probably would have made this my pick of the week I really like I got to some of the pages and like that one page with them falling out of the trucks that was the first time I've seen a page in a while and be like I want to own that page like right. that was that really got to me and then uh, the other side of it being that I thought this was the strongest question story that I've yes. read in a really long time like out of yes. all these this was well, the it was best. nearly half the book I mean it was nearly I felt like it was a big I felt there was less Batwoman story and more question maybe I'm wrong but it felt like it was like half the book it was, um, it was about half yeah. but uh, the, the question story was great this time out yeah. I thought the Huntress question thing was, was fantastic and like the continuing joke where Renee f- finds out about Oracle basically and just keeps going you? her? <laughs> Yeah, no, I was, love that she wears a costume that no one else has her in any other book. <laughs> hey, whatever. Yeah. I don't. I think it's funny. I have no problem with that. I just yeah. think it's a better costume than the other ones. But uh, no, I re- this is like that's a question story that I was really yeah. into reading, and I was I was impressed. So so much for the backup being non non important. Not mattering. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna redeem myself. Ready, ready, Ron. Let's hear it. With your snarkiness. Yep. Oh, by the way, Josh. Everyone says Jock sucks. So apparently you're wrong. Yep. GL Warm seventy six. Reviewed Ultimate Comics Avengers number five and gave the story a four out of five and the art a four out of five. And 0.05% of you made it your pick of the week. And GeoWarm76 says, This is exactly the type of book that the Ultimate Universe is made for. I love Marvel 616 Universe, but the pressure to avoid delays and stick closer to established continuity handcuffs creators. In the Ultimate Universe, creators are free to tell their story without worrying about delays, messing up other books, or intricate continuity. Specifically, in Ultimate Comics Avengers, Millar, or Miller and Pacheco are telling a kick-ass action blockbuster that is a pure joy. Yeah, it drives me crazy that I can't resolve what's going on between this book, Ultimate Avengers, and Ultimate New Ultimates. Yeah, I don't care. I love. I, I like. The I, don't, yeah. I don't get that. I don't get that either. I saw the two this this week, and I was like, "Wait, what?" what? Exactly. <laughs> and I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't venture any further than that. Yeah. But I was like, "But I thought that that uh, the Ultimates were your Avengers." I just have to shake my head and not care. That's all I can do. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, you can either enjoy your comics or not. Yeah, and, I choose you know, not well, to. I, I wouldn't have bought these anyway, so it didn't really matter. Well, they were. This was. I mean, this, he's absolutely right. This is like the most fun action adventure thrill ride that they've got going in oh, the it ultimate. It is even it's more true. so than Spider Man's not really an action film. It's it's a it's a teen drama. This is an action. This is a balls to the wall action, action. I I want you guys to know that no matter what happens to me, Parenthood, otherwise, I still don't like fun. <laughs> Good. Um, well, you shouldn't even, have read this issue because in the first page a baby gets thrown out of a window. <laughs> that's true. I, I think Pacheco's art is great and it's been great in this arc, though. That's the, the yes. one I, I really do like. I, it's very clean. I like. I like what he's been doing with it. I love his portrayal of this Steve Rogers as, as being the super badass that is is fourteen steps ahead of everybody, which he does a little bit better than they do in the six one six in terms of planning. And yep. even when even when Captain America is captured, he's not really captured. He already knows how to escape, and he's already ready to escape. Yeah. And these handcuffs, are, these handcuffs are the joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great line. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they do that better here than they do in the regular Marvel. Yeah. Universe, and, anytime, but, uh, and anytime you have the Cosmic Cube in play, I'm I'm down with it. There's a great use of the Cosmic oh, Cube totally. as well. Yeah, yeah. I really like this one a lot. Yeah. Excellent. So go to ifanboy.com/slash/comics and write your reviews. For the first time in over two decades, the National Comics Entertainment Convention is coming to downtown Chicago. Make your plans to attend C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, this April 16th through the 18th, and join thousands of comic book fans, creators, celebrities for a weekend of fun and excitement in the city of broad shoulders. Special guests for this show include Alex Ross, Jeff Smith, Jeff Johns, Mike Mignola, Ethan Van Skyver, and hundreds of your favorite creators. Tickets are only $25 for a one-day pass, $50 for the entire weekend. And for a full list of guests, events, and to purchase tickets... Visit C2E2.com, but there's more. C2E2 and I fanboy are giving you a chance to win tickets to an exclusive C2E2 merchandise before the big week, and we'll be giving away one amazing VIP package, three weekend passes, five exclusive C2E2 posters signed by creator and guests of honor 
Alex Ross 13 limited edition C2E2 t-shirts. The grand prize is lunch with an as-yet unnamed editor from Marvel Comics. Spin the wheel. Who are you going to get? I hope it's Wacker. Entering <laughs> the contest is easy. Just visit www.c2e2.com slash ifanboy. Enter your name and your email. And that is all it takes. We'll be drawing winners from all of the entries on March 19th. Stay tuned for more exciting news for our official C2E2 after party plans and more ways to win tickets and exclusive merchandise following C2E2 on Twitter at C2E2.com. Yeah, seriously, yeah. go to C2E2.com slash iFanboy. Sign up if you're in the Chicagoland area and you can you go to this. You're going to want – there's a ton of I've stuff. I've already signed up. There's a ton of stuff. You can't win. There's a ton of stuff to give away and you, you don't want to miss out on that. We're going to have our official closed down around comics after party. Yes, we're going to piss on their graves. Why do you got to be mean about how I read ads, by the way? <laughs> It's not All of a sudden, it's just bash the fuck out of Josh. It's, it's not how here. you read ads. It's how you read. <laughs> yeah. I'm not read good. <laughs> so, Josh, why have you come back to the show? We were all, you see, everyone was about, these, Josh had a baby. He filed his, for his paternity leave in, in HR. Carol and HR approved it. We, you were off for until April. Why are you back? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what happened. It's yeah. like a drunk hallucination that's going on right now. No, literally, Connor's like, so you're going to do a book of the month? And I was like, oh, I guess I have to. And then, like, it was this sheer calling. Like, I was like, I can do this. And, and I literally, I don't know if what I wrote was in English. So I'd like to apologize for that. Well, of all books, I, this would be the one that you, that you could okay. take. Yeah. <laughs> As you know, we've said this many times before, picking a book of the month is awful. Yep. Like the idea of making it something that you're genuinely excited about, something that's hopefully timely and something that, that people don't know about. All these things together uh, make it very challenging. So I'm in the hospital for 48 hours or something like that. And I came home and and like there's a big stack of mail and my dog's like, where the fuck have you been? And then I open the envelope and, and out tumbles a copy of Aphrodisiac delivered like from unto on high. <laughs> Um, and I was like, well, what's this? And, and, and a couple of weeks before this, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and, and he just goes, have you seen this aphrodisiac book? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and he like, this is a friend of mine who never really gushes about comics. And, and, uh, I was like, all right, I'll check it out. Whatever. Now and, you should mention aphrodisiac published by Ad House Books. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, by, by Brian Maruka and Jim Rugg. Uh, who, who I love Jim Rugg from his days in the Plain Janes and the Minx yes. line and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and this book was... It was a revelation. I'm going to go ahead and put it that way. I mean, like, I know before I said I don't like fun, but this is the most fun that I have had reading a graphic novel or a comic book, and I don't know how long. I am so fucking happy because because what was funny is that I fanboy is all about planning, uh, and and so you are. So, so what I am? Well, because <laughs> so someone's got to. So exactly. So when Connor emails Josh and says, "Can you do the book of the month?" And Josh is like, "I'm pretty sure I can." In my head, I'm like, all right, well, if he can't, I'll, I'll, because Connor did the last one. I said, I can always fill in. We can swap and I can do it. And if you hadn't been able to, I was going to do Aphrodisiac as the book of the month. And, I, and that was really the thing is I didn't want to waste it. I was like, right. this is a really good call. And the, the thing was is that like I was definitely – I kind of I, I kind of wanted to do Aphrodisiac when you were going to be out on paternity leave because I was convinced that there was no way that you would la- appreciate this book as much as I liked it. And Are I was so happy to hear that you, that you liked it. I, oh, it was great. Let's. So, I mean, let's yeah. talk about it just just from a perspective. What what this is? It it's loosely based. It's a story about a a a, a black exploitation type hero named Aphrodisiac, who's kind of a he's like a pimp, but he's, he's got. A, yeah, he's well, a you know what? It's funny. There's a there's a very loose continuity that goes throughout it. Like <laughs> as if you were to read like superhero comics over the course of ten or fifteen years, like the details of the story would change a little bit. Yep. And they don't really, and that actually happens within the course of this book, which isn't that long. I think it's less than 100 pages. Yeah. The thing is a total package. You open it up, and it, the cover has no, 
the cover's beautiful, but it has no title on it. <laughs> so, like, they went with design over saleability yep. right away. You open up the inside cover, like the, the, I don't know what that's called, but the part that's usually blank. Yep. The story starts right there. So you just start reading, and, it, and, like, they look like blown up old comic strips with this, like, dot pitch coloring, and, and it, it just goes from there. And, and then they switch styles. And, and, and they start telling a different story, and that part is done. It, it, it's produced to look like an old comic page. It's yellow. It's, uh, you, know, you see the color coming out of the lines, and it looks like, like a certain kind of comic from a certain time. Then you, you switch the page, and there's like a black and white, sort of looks like an old Marvel. Is it epic? Uh, those kind of things? Yes, yep. Um, like, like it's just a dinosaur chasing aphrodisiac through the jungle. Oh. And th- th- it just skips around all over the place. It's all pasted up to look like it's like a and, real old cover. And they throw, yeah, they throw a bunch of, they, there's all these little kind of vignette little stories, but they, in between there are all these little random covers and random pages from the books and stuff like that. It's and, like following one character through the ages, buying one of yeah. those like yes. best of books where you get to see a character yeah. in the 60s and did 70s you, and 90s. Did you read this too, Connor? Did you read it? Oh, yeah. Did, oh, you, yeah. did you like it? I loved it. I thought oh. that for me the best part wasn't so much the stories was was the interstitial stuff. Was no, the covers were easily the strongest well, that, part. That, what, what I thought was so fascinating is that, that the, the Brian Maruka wrote some really funny shit, like really played with the black exploitation stuff and really played like – I love how like in, in the individual stories, like the little origin paragraph in the first page was different from issue to issue. Yes. And, yeah. like, and, and like and some of the some of the dialogue was funny and like, all the stuff like that. But what it really read to me, it was like it was a love letter for like 70s comics. Yes, it was. Yeah. It felt like like, you know – 70s comics was like Luke, not just Luke Cage, but no, all the whole all, genre. Yeah, Dracula's yeah. in it. Like they're all the there's horror stuff in it. There's like, uh, it, I mean, it really spa- you know, yes, black exploitation was the the main theme, but it spanned the entire comic industry for the 70s, basically. Yeah. And, and 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 there were literal real laugh out loud moments on almost every page. Yeah. I mean, it was entertaining from start to finish. It's not uh, it's not what I would call safe humor. It's not <laughs> no. for kids. It's not like that. But like. And it's all, it's just, it's just over being very adolescent. Yeah. Just, it's barely there, but it's just over that edge. It's just sharp enough that, like, you can't help but laugh at it, even though you kind of think, maybe I shouldn't. There's this really fun little sequence that they go called Death Comes to Aphrodisiac. And it's like one, two, three, four. Yeah. There's like three pages that are just slightly different variations on the same story. And it's how he ends up dead. And then, like, Sort of doesn't fight the Grim Reaper, but it's a woman who just wanted to sleep with him. Well, uh, and, like, and what I love, like at one point, like he's got to fight God, and, yeah, so, like, yeah. and so like and so they go through different trials, and they're playing tennis, and then like, <laughs> yeah, just, like, yeah. like, oh god, and that looks and like that one looks like a Jack Kirby comic, yeah, yep, yeah. and and other stuff looks like a Jerry Conway comic, yeah. and it's not so much that that Rug is drawing in different styles for each one. He is in a couple of them, but it, it's kind of similar. But the production around it is really the part that's that's oh, impressive. The whole package itself. I mean, like I, I hate to be this kind of like to say this kind of thing but like eisner watch right now this book has got to yes. get nominated oh I, my I, god i yeah. can't imagine it wouldn't yeah uh but also like then like they get to aphrodisiac goes to fight a giant bug and you have to turn <laughs> the whole book on its side and read yep. it that way like yep. a different kind of and then he drives his cat like he uses his cadillac like a fist <laughs> to beat up the bug where he drives it up a ramp and then gives him an uppercut and it's it's just it doesn't make sense and it's not realistic and there's no real thread to the story but it's awesome yeah and the thing is, to make this work, it has to be really good and really funny. And it is on every page. And there's these ridiculously stupid little captions on the covers that are, you know, just like very risque. Very risque. Like, well, you posted the one on your Pick of the Week review. I remember I emailed you. Oh my goodness! Like I hadn't read the, I hadn't read the book at that point. I'd gotten yeah. it. 
after you'd written the review, and I, it was, it's a very risque, he's lighting a cigarette for a woman who's sitting in front of him, and it looks very much like oral sex. And <laughs> he's, pushing, he's pushing his crotch towards her. And she has to swallow her pride, according yeah. to the uh, <laughs> caption. It was, yeah. Before oh. that, the true story of a woman driven crazy by too much chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, like, uh, the play on words is just fantastic. In yeah. this issue, special, gu- special guest star, Super Beaver. Yeah, <laughs> uh, will aphrodisiac survive the bush? <laughs> like it goes on and, and on. What I, what I love, what and what I love is like you know he's a pimp and he's got and he refers to all his women by numbers, you know, and yeah. so like and so like you know a specific number is in trouble, whatever. But then he's got the one character who's his accountant who and he's like she ain't much to look at, but she's totally hot, you know. Yeah. Like it's just like <laughs> aphrodisiac loves them all, baby. Yeah, exactly. It does. Oh. I mean, like, literally, it's it's almost hard to explain. Like, we're talking about things that we liked about it. Yeah. But if if any of this sounds vaguely funny to you, I mean, this this is, so far, this is the, I mean, this is the book of the year so far. Yeah, to- uh, totally It's agree. the one to be. Totally, this um, is the one. And Jim Ruggs, and again, Jim Ruggs, like, the production and the, the design and the, the aging of panels and pages and stuff like that is a big thing. But Jim Ruggs' art is just so good. It's just like, and, it's, he, it's, it's like, he just does, he just does enough. He just does what he has huh? to. And it's it's so good. So and yeah. Maruka's funny. It's consistently yep. funny, yep. which in comics is 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 no small thing. Yeah. So this was an easy pick, and I was really glad. Like it was just everything came at the right time. And it was just really oh, kind I'm of so perfect. happy that all three of us liked it because I was so afraid that it was going to be one of those crazy indie books that I read that you guys are just like yeah whatever you know and roll your eyes at. But I was oh yes good good stuff good pick. <laughs> Good, that good. very rarely happens, by the way. Josh, no. I, I missed you, Josh. I missed you. Oh. I'm glad you're back. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> very mean to me. I love the, the cover to the aphrodisiac final issue, yeah. which is his head as a giant mushroom cloud. Yeah, it's just that's the, the afro. It's just, it's so good, oh, and I love I love the two the two issues with the Red Devil, the back to back ones where uh-huh. we saw the one was from Red Devil comic, one was from Aphrodisiac, and they chain they, they put in the verse Aphrodisiac on the cover, the treatment like how, they, how Marvel used to do it. Oh, it was, oh, it was great, great, really just wonderful stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like fifteen bucks cover. I mean, well, you go can, get this one. You can get it. How much you can get it in stock trades? Less than that. Uh, did you write that on here? Is yes, that on I the did. Thing? Yeah. See, this is <laughs> and this is why we made we laughed. Uh, you can get it from in stock trades for eleven dollars and twenty one cents. So it's cheap. There's no reason not you to. You almost have no excuse at that point. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's one of those things that they did clearly they did as a labor of love and I hope it blows up and I hope it makes them a lot of money and brings them a lot of uh success because it's 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 something special. It's fucking funny, it's really good. So I'm supposed to read this ad, I assume. Yes. Okay, well, you should have put my name on the part. Or, oh, it, Tom's uh, supposed to read it, so where's he? <laughs> oh, In Stock Trades is our sponsor, and we thank them very much for that. You can save up to 37% off your books, free shipping on all orders over $50. There are over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order, also hardcovers. New releases are listed every single Wednesday, and your order usually ships within 48 hours of when you order it. So to go to www.instocktrades.com. And don't forget about the Summit City Comic Con coming up on May 22nd. And you can learn all about that at summitcitycomiccon.com. That's uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And they'll have a bunch of uh, talent from the Midwest there. It's just a nice little show. And I believe last year they had a lot of stuff on sale too. You could get a lot of stuff for very Well, this very is the different. first year they've done a con. They had last year they had a big oh, sale. They had, they had a big sale at Insock Trades. But this is the first year where they're actually doing a con. Um, right. So Fort Wayne, Indianians, this is your opportunity. Um, you know what I just thought of? Uh, oh. the, the whole Insock Trades where waiting for the trade has never been easier. Is that actually their slogan or just what Around Comics says? And well, now I think we, it's their slogan. 
we've never gotten that copy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. I think that. Yeah. So Chris, Chris was doing a little little copywriting, a little there. branding. He was off. There. He was yeah. off the script. Yeah, in was, stock, easy because it is. You know, just. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Instock Trades. Right. Go to InstockTrades.com, SummerCityComicCon.com. All right, we are going to skip the emails and voicemails this week because we just had to spend so much time talking to Josh about the comics and talk about the book of the month. So we'll come back next week. But if you want to get on the show, email us at contact.ifanboy.com or call us at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. We are going to be at Emerald City Comic Con, like we said, about 30 minutes ago. So if you're going to be in the area, come you're gonna, down. You're going to be there a half an hour ago? Yes. So, great, Scott! Sunday, 1 p.m., the panel. Please come. Room 6. Yes. Something. 6B. 6E. 6E, yeah. 6 6E. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. You'll see us on the floor because the floor of Emerald City Comic Con's not that big. So come say hi and t- yeah. we'll tell you where it's going to be. Yeah. If I was deaf and reading lips and you were saying 6E, I would think that you were 6E. saying sexy. Yeah. Well, I was saying sexy. All right, so we've got T-shirts. Go to ifanboy.com slash store. You can get the final remaining few Battle Pug T-shirts that are left, as well as you can pre-order the Fear, Fear Agent shirt, the only Fear Agent shirt in existence, as sanctioned by Rick Remender, with art by Jerome Opeña. Order yours today. I'll have repeat on my Battle Pug shirt. I saw the tweet. ifanboy.com slash store. Uh, I will be talking to Joe Harris of Ghost Project. That's project with a k that's a new book coming out from oni press with art by steve rolston an artist who i adore uh so that's on the don't miss podcast it'll be coming out on monday so don't miss the don't miss yeah make sure you go to itunes and subscribe to it if you haven't already because we last week we talked to janine schaefer the editor girl comics we're talking to every week a different creator about a different book it's the one to listen to and actually this week if on ifanboy.com you're not going to miss out working on a little bit of an announcement with a major publisher so you want to keep an eye out on ifanboy.com this week around the middle of the week or so right yeah. I was just like, "What is that?" Oh, right, I'm right. Doing yeah, you're working on that actually. Yeah. So, so make sure you make sure you look at ifanboy.com in around the, the, the middle of the week. Uh, middle, you, middle you might, or so. You might see something uh, something exclusive to ifanboy.com. So check it out. Fine, I'm writing the aphrodisiac comics that they're putting out. <laughs> That's the announcement. <laughs> no. They're from Ad House. No, no, no. Yes, from one of the, one of the, one of the major publishers. So check it out. Ad House is a pretty major publisher. Right? True, check yeah. out ifanboy.com for the pick of the week review. That would be from Ron. <laughs> check it out for the book of the month review. That would be from Josh. And all of our in-depth discussion, we've been talking about Avengers this week. There was the cartoon. There was the uh, new Avengers lineup, which is the same as the one that's in the book right now. <laughs> uh, and uh, all the stuff that goes on at ifanboy.com, you must check it out. That is the hub. That's where you find out the information. That's where you know what's going on. <laughs> These Avengers aren't new at all. They're the same Avengers. <laughs> you fucking liars. <laughs> Look, you can also go to ifanboy.com slash about for all of our social networking links. You can become our friend on Twitter or Facebook or all kinds of random places where people spend their time instead of working in their office. Wait a minute. You're saying that Luke Cage is new. You're a fucking liar is what you are. Last week, we also have a video show that comes out every Wednesday on ifanboy.com or revision3.com slash ifanboy. Last week, we did the Marvel versus DC debate. Which went over rather well, I thought. There was a lot of interesting discussion, very polite. It never went off the handle. I applaud all of you. Yes. I was very surprised, to all be honest. I was happy to see Connor Connor thought it was going to bring about Armageddon. Yep. Next week, we're looking at inkers, letters, and colorists. Those folks who don't get all the press but are just as important to your comic book as anyone else. Those guys who are so important that they don't even get their own show. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> be nice. Be nice. <laughs> and next week, minorities. <laughs> oh, oh, edit, edit, edit point. Edit point. <laughs> uh, so if you want to call, uh, if you want to complain to us about what Josh just said, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Oh, you... Josh at ifanboy.com. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was satirical social commentary. I know, I know. Email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Leave a voicemail at 1-888-326-2697. That's 1-888-FANBOYS. Any questions, comments, concerns, please leave your name. A short question, about 30 seconds. Uh, please don't ramble or call nine times in a row. You know who you are. I needed to know where we put the milk. <laughs> uh, if you really like us, one thing that you can do that's super easy is go to iTunes and write a review for this podcast or the video show or the Don't Miss podcast. But those are how things get seen and they really help us get the word out there and get more people to discover the show. Because as, as soon as people can find it, they find it becomes the central point of their lives. Yep. Uh, and that scares me deeply. But uh, you can also tell people about the show or the site at your comic shop or people who are just random people on the street. You'd be like, hey, you. You like comics? No. Well, if you did, you should go to iFanboy. <laughs> Deal with it. Hey, mom. <laughs> All right. What? Well, well jo- Josh, is it good to be back in the saddle? Did you miss it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm barely like when you guys were talking in the middle. I was just like my head hit the mic like funk. Oh, nice. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll let you get back to sleep then. So um, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I am Josh. This is Tom again, motherfucker. (laughs) I'm so tired. Tired.